because regardless of how old you are, there's always this constant tension. Here we are today. We want to have as good of, we have all the demands of today that you talked about. Mm -hmm. And we want to have a great life today. We want to be there with our kids and create experiences with our kids. But on the other end of the the spectrum, we have, hey, we're going to get older. We got college coming. We're going to need to have money later on. Those two things are diametrically opposed to each other. So there's always a tension between those two things when you're making decisions. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we're focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. Support for this podcast comes from 5 Days to 5K Course. A big headache for many couples in the community is they know what they need to do. They need to knock down this debt or save up for a big goal. The question is, where does this money come from? Budget's tight. So I designed a free week-long course that will show you step-by-step how to find, save, and make some extra money. And it's broken down into manageable chunks because I know we are all busy. You can sign up at couplemoney.com slash 5k. Okay, let me ask you two questions. What are you going to be doing during retirement? Think about it. How would you like to spend your days? Are you going to be staying in one location, traveling, a mix of both? What does retirement look like to you? Okay, now here's another one. How much money do you think you'll need to retire happy? That could be a tough one. Now, once a week, as part of taking care of the site, I look over things, including what people are searching for when they discover a couple money. And you know what I found? Believe it or not, I notice pretty much every day people discover my site with some variation of this one question. How much do we need to retire? It's a big question for sure, but I don't think it's the right one. At least not to start off with. As you probably discovered with that first question I asked, retirement can be completely different things to different people. And sometimes even the two of you might not be on the same page. So how do you figure out what you need to do? Well, you have to approach it from different angles. Of course, there's the technical part with the specific investments you want to have in your portfolio. But before you do that, you need to have a game plan one that is robust and at the same time flexible enough to adjust as your life changes. That's why I brought the retirement answer man himself, Roger Whitney, today. Not only is he a certified financial planner who's worked for over 25 years, he's the author of Rock Retirement. His mission has been to shift people's mindset from investing in a portfolio to investing in what they love. Because this is a huge deal, we're having a two-parter. This week, in this episode, we're discussing the problem with traditional retirement planning. Striking that balance between taking care of things down the line while still loving your life now. And how to rethink and plan your retirement as a couple. Let's jump right in. In our community, something that's come up that a lot of people do need answers for 
is investing for retirement. And it's one of those goals that we know we should be doing and maybe we're making the match with our 401k to get that free money. But then the question is, how do we invest? How do we actually move towards that retirement dream? And I think based on what I'm hearing in our own personal experience, when you have so much going on, it's just really hard to sort out through all the noise. It's funny because all the noise Mm -hmm. about the retirement crisis and how horrid it is in terms of saving and how Mm -hmm. everybody is behind. It's almost like a parent when we were like seven years old scolding us. We, We always just feel like we're just never good enough. And I think that's a lot of the message that comes out when you're talking about retirement planning when you're in your 20s or 30s or even 40s is whatever you're doing, hey, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a very engaging conversation. I mean, remember when you're a kid and you got, you know, that that griping, you sort of tune it out. Frame a little bit. I'm 51, right? Mm -hmm. So I may be the old dog in the room. And my advice if you're in your 20s or 30s is what would, don't even worry about retirement. I'm not saying don't save. Yeah. My my point is to try to do any meaningful retirement planning in your Mm -hmm. thirties. I mean, I'm 51 and you ask me what my vision and image of retirement is. It's still pretty foggy. Mm -hmm. I have a lot more to do in my life. Probably a better focus is just to think about it as here you are as a family, you got young kids Mm -hmm. Potentially, you're in the you're in a very busy time of life. You're trying yeah. to build your career. You're tr- still trying to get the home the way you want it. You want to go on vacations. You want to love on your family. Well, you got a lot of things that are costing a lot of money and mm-hmm. costing a lot of your time that are pulling you a bunch of different directions. And then, then someone you're supposed to sit down and think about what your life will be when you're sixty or sixty-five. I mean, come on. Yeah. I can't even plan for next month some days. I mean, cause life changes. I have two little ones. And so even vacations, for example, we're doing a, a vacation plan. We have two possible destinations because like you said, we have so much going on and based on what that estimate for the basement remodel is going to be, we don't know what we're going to do. And that's, that's two months away. Right. So yeah. Retirement seems so far. Yeah, it's important because everybody's yelling at you about it, but it's never urgent when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, it doesn't mean you don't be a good steward of your life and your finances. Rather than try to peg it as retirement planning, I think you need to think about it as, look, we're just in a phase of building wealth for the family. Mm-hmm right? Building wealth accumulation, which means you don't have to have some defined endpoint that you're, you know, from a lifestyle standpoint. It's really just about making lots of little decisions to be a good steward of the income that you have. So you're, you're, you're being prudent, not just for today or for, but for tomorrow as well. Because regardless of how old you are, there's always this constant tension. Here we are today we want to have as good of, we have all the demands of today that you talked about. Mm-hmm. And we want to have a great life today. We want to be there with our kids and ex- make create experiences with our kids. But on the other end of the, the spectrum, we have, hey, we're going to get older. We got college coming. We're going to need to have money later on. Those two things are diametrically opposed to each other. 
So there's always a tension between those two things when you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. And the key is, you know, like most things, it's just moderation, right? You can't go YOLO, right? And be all in on today and, and forget tomorrow. But you can't be, and I see a lot of people that do this too, you can't be all in on tomorrow and sort of miss the only life that you have because you don't have time for the kids because you got to go earn money so you can make sure you put your 40% in your retirement account. You yeah. Moderation between I, I, And I, I feel like we almost marry our financial opposite. Like you have one spouse that's like, hey, I just heard about fire and we, we can retire early and let's go and rice and beans and do this. And the other one's like, I want to go on vacation this year. You know, I want to do this. So how do you, how would you juggle this? Well, I love the fire crowd. But I think of them like I think of, um, oh, what's his name? The four-hour work week. Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. All right, the four-hour work week. How, how much do you think Tim Ferriss works in a week now? I bet you that guy's working 60 hours a week. Could, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. The guy's probably working. He's working on his own terms maybe, but he's working his butt off. So when I think of the fire crowd, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Being an older guy, I think, okay, you're going to retire at 40 or 45. You're probably going to still work. Mm-hmm. Not like you're not going to do anything for the rest of your life. And if that's the case, why did you sacrifice so much on the front end? Mm. You're going to work anyway. No, yeah. it's just, you know, it's just an observation because I work with people over 50 mm-hmm. and my most successful clients in their 60s, successful from a life perspective, they're working doing something. Yeah. Is they're out of the corporate rat race and they're working on their own terms where they have a lot of time freedom. That's interesting because I read your book and what I thought was different about what I've seen with other books about retirement is you approach retirement not like a endpoint, you know, end game or a destination, but I got the sense of phases, you know, seasons of life, like how you plan your finances. So I think that's so counterintuitive to what is online and very popular. And I admit I'm guilty of, I love those calculators. Anything that like promises, Hey, you want an answer to a question, plug in these numbers, which is what's typically done, whether it's online or we've had a financial advisor kind of plug in the numbers for us. That's different than what I mean, what you're saying is so different from that. So I'm kind of curious, like, why do do you go in this direction? Well, I think traditionally, one math is elegant. What yeah, one, math is elegant, and two, we're human and we have a desire for certainty or clarity. We are uncomfortable with not knowing. And, and so from a financial advice perspective, calculators are great because they give us clarity. It may be false. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there might be, it might be one dimensional, but it gives us clarity and we feel better. Yeah. And, and from a financial advice standpoint, cal- these types of calculators yeah. worked for your grandparents because they had some things going that we don't have, even baby. Mm-hmm. One is they didn't live very long or not near as long as mm-hmm. or your generation. Two, they had pensions, typically. Yeah. So they had this guaranteed source of income over and above Social Security. And three, when you got to the later part of life, they 
what I say is they lived on the park bench of life. They were really worn mm. out and they were viewing retirement as their chance to finally just rest. If you think of and baby boomers are dealing with today, like you take a baby boomer. Well, when they're 60, they still have a 50, 50 chance of living to 90. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time and they don't have a pension and baby boomers, they, their main value is they want to travel and go do things with their family. Mm-hmm. So they're in the playground of life. So if you think of your generation, I don't know what it is for your age, but I'm going to guess, I know like a 20-year-old has a 50-50 chance of living over 100. Right? But the point is, you're going to live longer than any generation in history. Mm-hmm. You're going to be healthier because of awareness, but also because of medicine and all the advances. And you're going to be more active. You don't have a pension. Most people don't now. So how do you use a calculator for that? The calculators worked for our grandparents. They're not going to work for us. Mm -hmm. Because if you put money into that calculator and you said that you did the sell, my guess is it was a huge number. Yeah. And until I was trying to figure out why. I would say like overall we're pretty frugal, but then... you know, I peeled back and was like, well, how did they come up with this number? It was based on this premise of you spend like 80% or 70% of your expense. I'm like, well, not necessarily. You know, mathematically, it's just a net present value calculator. Mm-hmm. And so it's very one dimensional. And what ends up happening is, and I think this is one reason why people aren't engaged in financial planning or retirement planning is we want to be good stewards of our money. And then we go to an advisor or we go online mm-hmm. and they're all using basically the same calculators. Yeah. And then what are the choices that they give you? Well, one, you better start saving a heck of a lot more right now. Yes. Two, you better take a lot more investment risk. Three, maybe you should work longer than you originally wanted. Or four, maybe you should settle for less when you do re- quote unquote retire. And most likely five, it's going to be some combination of all mm-hmm. of Well, those things are all very sucky choices that aren't very inspiring. (laughs) So no wonder we don't want to do it. I think a better approach, at least in my mind, is Mm -hmm. we're we're not living life to create a great retirement. We're trying to live a great life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do we find the balance between those two things so we can make the most of the only life that we have? One way, especially when you're younger and your age, is no retirement's on the horizon, but just try to make lots of little good decisions with your money and not worry about the future so much. Yeah. Now, that's also something that's different from like watching your videos and podcasts and the book is you're not like talking about the money talk or, you know, this big conversation, which tends to happen because when life gets busy, you have to wait for like this bump almost. For example, open enrollment when you get that packet from HR, like, hey, do you want to change anything with your health insurance, your investments, what's going on? But you're saying these little discussions are a much better approach, which I completely agree. But I'd love to kind of get your take and experience. Oh, definitely. Because I've been yeah. married almost 28 years and I never want to have a big conversation with my wife. <laughs> I do not <laughs> want to have a big conversation. Something has gone wrong if there's mm-hmm. a big now I'm not perfect at it, but the way you solve that is you have lots of little conversations that may be a little bit uncomfortable, mm. but you, you know, it's like anything the, 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 the smaller you can deal with something, the more flexibility you're going to have in making decisions. And so 
whether it comes to finance or marriage or health, you want to have lots of little conversations and structured check-ins so you yeah. can make little decisions rather than, you know, what typically happens if we ignore things, it's a big conversation because something was, you know, in your health because you've ignored it or a big conversation in a relationship because you've ignored it or a big mm-hmm. conversation with money because you've ignored it. And then, you know, something forces the conversation on you. So I think of a more healthier approach, and it's actually a lot of fun once you get through the little hump is how do you have these little dates where mm-hmm. you're talking about life and life incorporates money and what you want for the future so you can make little decisions, so you can make little changes in a healthy way rather than in a, in a way that creates conflict, especially in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of money dates. I think, like you said, something regular, whether, you know, some couples like to do it weekly and it's like a little mini date. We do kind of the monthly and it's, yes, there's the numbers involved because like, if you're going to go on a trip, that means you're probably going to need to pull back this month so you can have some extra spending for the, the trip. But it's more about what are our goals? What are our priorities at this moment? You know, and what do we want to do this year or the next couple of years? And then adjust as necessary. Cause like you mentioned, things change, you know, uncertainty is a part of life. And yeah, if we have to scale back one area, then we'll do that. But it's better to kind of catch it with those little conversations than to be like, oh, hey, um, we're 10,000 in the hole with credit card debt. (laughs) Or how do we fix this? (laughs) Conversations. Uh, A couple tips on that. Yeah. And this works with your kids too, if you want to have better conversations with your kids, is get out of the house Mm-hmm. I always have the healthiest conversations, whether it's with my wife or my kids, driving, mm-hmm. walking together. Steve Jobs was a huge believer. All his meetings, he liked to walk. And there's something to one about the physical exercise, being outside, but two, not being face-to-face. There's some mental buffer there when I'm not looking at my wife and we're having a discussion or my kids which can make the other one or you clam up or feel a little bit intimidated. So that's, that's the cool thing about walking or driving is that mm-hmm. there's this, you're looking in the road, you're looking over there and you're talking, but you're not having that, you know, face-to-face confrontational framework. Yeah. So I always found that really healthy. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe it's the sight of nature, the things around you that kind of just relaxes you. And so you can kind of free form and open up a little bit more. So that's interesting to kind of do that. Okay. You got to warm up a little bit. And if mm-hmm. you're sitting across the table having a budget conversation, that's not a setup for probably a healthy conversation for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you're in your 30s and you want to build wealth for the future, but you have all this crazy stuff going on, I mean, there's just some very simple things you can do. One is avoid lifestyle creep, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in a season of life, hopefully, where you're, you're progressing in your career. And as you get pay raises or your business does a little bit better, the big key that you can do is not inflate your lifestyle totally into that new Mm -hmm. level. I mean, it's a very basic thing, but I got myself in a heck of a bind by doing that. Uh, And what I see a lot of people do too is they don't just lifestyle creep into what their current income is. But in their mind, they see the, pro- the the progression of their... Oh, the projections. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a bonus again this year or whatever. I can take on that. <laughs> I can take on this, you know, this debt payment 
or mm-hmm. this loan because I know I'm going to be getting these raises because life has been so good, right? And mm-hmm. in my early 30s, through a career transition, my income went down by 80%. And prior to that, I had had the mentality because I had seen the growth of my income that it would just keep going that way. I mean, it can't go down for goodness sake. It hasn't gone down in 10 years. Well, it can. Mm. So first, you know, so it's not just lifestyle creep into your current income, but into your optimism about the future. You don't want to creep into that either. And then second is have a system. I don't like budgets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do something a little bit different, but have a system to capture that free cash flow. So if you're spending X and you make Y, make sure that Y, that excess income, mm-hmm. isn't in your checking account. And it's not mm-hmm. an account that you look at every day. Yeah. Because if it's there, the kids need braces, you got to fix up the garage, whatever it is, there's always going to be a, a reason to spend that money. So you want to get that money out of your, your view. That's what the beauty of a 401k or something, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't really see it. You don't really look at it. Well, you can do that in just your cash savings too. Have them at a different bank. So when you log into your checking account where you spend, you don't see it. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, I love that. Those are great tips. Thank you so much. Before we close up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from Roger. The first is look at your life as seasons or think of it in phases. Some people see retirement as the end all goal. You don't want to see it this way. You have so much going in your life that you really want to enjoy each stage that you're at. Retirement is simply another stage in that series. Second, define your goals holistically. Numbers are wonderful. I like using them. They're objective, very easy to track, but you don't want to create your goal around one number. Instead, look at it holistically. What's going on with your life? When you decide to retire, what are some accomplishments or milestones you want to have? And finally, have a way to easily see your numbers. As you too go through life, you do want to keep track of your financial health. It's not to be anxious and stress over things, but just to keep tabs on them. It's easier to adjust as needed should something come up. If you haven't already or it's been a while, during your next money date, go ahead and talk about what you're thinking about with retirement. Listen in, you guys may be surprised by some of the ideas you come up with. And once you have a sense of where you're going then you can get some ballpark figures along the way. Well, if we want to do this, about how much is this going to be? All right, let's see. What's the timetable on that? So just focus on those goals for now. Next week, we're going to get into some specific things to look for when investing, including ways to maximize your 401k and other accounts. Do you want to swap ideas, stories, or ask some questions about planning for your future? Join me in our free and private community, Thriving Families, over on Facebook. You can get there at couplemoney.com slash FB. Hope to see you there. Special thanks to Roger for coming on. If you want to hear more about agile retirement planning or listen to his fantastic podcast, Retirement Answer Man, you can check him out at rogerwhitney.com. You should also grab his book, Rock Retirement. It's a fun read. As always, I'll have links in the show notes with all the resources we mentioned today, plus more, including a free 401k analysis from one of our favorite partners, Bloom. 
With your analysis, you can understand your investments at a glance and uncover unnecessary hidden fees. Keep more of your money so you can really rock retirement. It's all over at our site at couplemoney.com slash rock retirement. Our theme song was by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your support. And I'm so grateful to see you sharing your favorite episodes. I hope you have a fantastic week. Take care. Take care.